This is the Heal from Toxic Relationships podcast with me, Dr. Sarah, empowering you to heal from painful relationships to rediscover your self-worth and confidence because you are ready to be the best version of yourself. Navigating sexual intimacy whilst you are in love, particularly in love with a narcissist. Now, this is a really tricky topic, but it's something that's really important and it's something that I see a lot with clients at the moment. And so sexual intimacy, sexual contact, that's considered as an important part of the relationship, but then also comes along a lot of anxiety around what is satisfactory. And so more often than not, the story that I see goes a little like this. I try my best to satisfy my partner in bed, but it never seems to be good enough. They always have some sort of complaint. They have some sort of criticism. My boyfriend, husband, usually it's cis men, but it could also be um, other genders, other sexual orientations. But usually when they're referring to the narcissist in in the relationship, they describe them as never being satisfied, always wanting more and more, regardless of how hard they try to satisfy their partner. And this creates a lot of intimacy, understandably. So if this is something that you've been experiencing, I am going to walk you through what is actually happening here and how it is that you navigate the performance pressures, especially with narcissism, but also what is going on on the other side. Now, some of the issues that you might be seeing from your partner include the five following areas or the five following points. Now, the first one is an issue around shaming and blaming because more often than not, what we end up experiencing is when we're faced by a narcissist, there is a high level of projected shame. So for instance, when we're really digging deep to the core of the narcissist, we all know that narcissists actually have a really low sense of self-worth, but they present themselves in a really grandiose way. But what happens because they're in this conflict of low self-worth but also presenting as being really grandiose is that they end up projecting a lot of shame onto you, the partner of this relationship. And so how the shame ends up um, presenting itself is that you end up being criticized, you end up being blamed, you end up being judged, and it may be for things like your body, your figure, how you look, but also how it is that you perform in bed and that actually they might describe you as not being sexually satisfying enough, that you are not kinky enough, that actually you should be performing better, you should be doing other things. And so they may introduce you to different sexual acts or they might introduce you to potentially even plastic surgery. I mean, I have worked with a couple of clients whereby they were really struggling and they experienced a lot of shame from their partner that they actually did go ahead and get cosmetic procedures because of this issue. But ultimately what ends up happening is that there is a huge level of shame and blame in terms of either how it is that you look 
or how it is that you perform. And this can really lead down to the issue of body dysmorphia and whereby you end up really viewing yourself in a very different and very skewed perspective the way that you've been taught when you are in a place of shame. But also it can lead you to performing sexual acts or or agreeing to sexual acts, even though you're not necessarily consenting to it. So at the start of the relationship, very initial sexual contacts, it might feel very, that, that you're very much consenting to all of this. But as time goes on, and as there is a higher level of shame and blame, you start feeling pressurized, you start feeling coerced into doing things that are just things that you're not really consenting to, but you kind of go along with it because you're wanting to avoid the shame or you're wanting to avoid being blamed for not being sexually satisfying enough. That's number one. The first, the second thing that can happen is also that they really present themselves with a lot of grandiosity and an overinflated sexual esteem. What I mean by that is that they basically present themselves as though they are the best thing ever when it comes to sex and that their performance somehow is far better than anybody else's. But also what happens with that is that there is a hypersensitivity to any form of criticism. And they're also expecting a lot of praise as well within their sexual contact, sexual performance. So basically what that means is, is that you end up being pressurized to not being able to communicate what your sexual needs are, but also you're having to really praise them for something that you actually might not be very comfortable with. So it's kind of like, I have to praise you for criticizing me, for shaming me, and for you just doing the best that you can. And I'm just trying to catch up. And so it kind of, it actually creates a lot of anxiety and it creates a lot of stress when it comes to sexual contact. And it doesn't really become like a pleasurable experience anymore or an experience of connection, but actually it becomes an experience whereby you're having to perform and you're having to be good enough, but you are forever being criticized and shamed. Third point that you might experience is that they prioritize their own needs far more than yours and they end up actually neglecting your needs. And so what that really reinforces a couple of my earlier points in the sense that they do whatever it is that they can do to sexually satisfy themselves, even if that means through blaming and shaming yourself or also coercing you into something that you're not particularly comfortable with. And number four, something that you might face is an element of violence and aggression. Now, I'm not talking about BDSM, uh, whereby both people are fully consenting to it and both people actually want it and they're comfortable with it and they get a lot of pleasure and enjoyment out of it. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is non-consented aggression, non-consented violence. And so initially it might seem like something quite small, so it might seem like a bit of choking or a bit of pinching or something to that effect, but then it might kind of gradually build up to uh, suffocation. It might gradually build up to hitting, to slapping, to punching, but then actually it could lead to things like rape. So it's really important that you are incredibly mindful of this because 
as much as you may start to initially agree to something because you know that that's something that they're talking about a lot and that they say how much they want it, how much they need it, and you're not sexually satisfying them enough unless if you do this thing, beware because it can be a very, very slippery slope. And so you just need to make sure that you are looking after yourself first and foremost and that you're keeping yourself safe. Because the thing is, when it comes to sex, you are vulnerable in so many ways. You are physically vulnerable because you are literally there naked, fully bearing yourself to that person. But also you are emotionally vulnerable, which I would argue is potentially even more significant than being physically vulnerable for the fact that there is a lot of exposure, emotional exposure. And with that, there is that risk of you getting hurt emotionally. There's that risk of you getting manipulated emotionally or you feeling shamed, you feeling blamed, you feeling guilty and you feeling as though you are just not good enough and you are fully there bearing yourself to this individual. And then the final fifth point, the fifth issue that you might face, which is a sense of entitlement. And along with entitlement comes exploitation. So what do I mean by that? Well, it kind of reinforces some of the earlier points just mentioned in that a lot of the time when narcissists are in a relationship they feel very entitled to sexual contact at a particular level. So what this means is, is that it could be sexual contact of a particular frequency. And so they would expect you to very to have a really high sex drive, but it could also be expectations beyond that. So it could even be expectations that you are basically on tap anytime even if you're on your period, actually, no, screw your period, you should be able to have sex anyway. Um, Or it could be that the entitlement is that they are able to have sexual contact with many other people, and that actually, you should just be totally okay with it. If anything, you should be encouraging it or praising them to do that or allowing it, however you want to phrase that, just because they have previously shamed you and they've previously told you that you're not sexually satisfying them enough. And so this is your way of making it up to them by allowing them to have sexual contact with other people, which I suppose you and I can both agree that that's not a particularly healthy place to be in. So where do you go from here? Well, a couple of points I just need to mention before we move on to steps forward or steps on how to navigate this and and I guess red flags for us to watch out for is that when we are in a sexual relationship with somebody who is on the narcissistic um, personality spectrum or they've got narcissism traits so again I'm not diagnosing anyone here with narcissism but they may have elements and traits they may be on the spectrum what often happens is is that we risk a couple of things and these things are really serious and I would absolutely recommend for you to keep an eye out on it and to just be really vigilant and to really prioritize this in order to protect yourself. The first thing is that there is an element 
or there is a diagnosis rather I should say called malignant narcissism now actually I say a diagnosis this isn't actually an official diagnosis but it is something that is being considered and what I mean by that is that these individuals have traits of narcissism but on top of that they have elements of antisocial personality disorder so their level of regression their level of violence their level of coercion and lack of empathy is on another level it is to the max and so what ends up happening is that let's say if you're having sexual contact with somebody who uh, would meet criteria for malignant narcissism is that they might end up filming your sexual contact but then they might also use that as blackmail they might also threaten to share this video, the content, the images, whatever it is, with other people in order to coerce you into doing other things within the relationship, in order to keep you under control with other aspects within the relationship. And that can be incredibly frightening, but also it just puts you to another level of vulnerability because you're not only vulnerable just during the sexual contact, but you're also vulnerable during the relationship outside of it but also you could be vulnerable to this individual even beyond the relationship so even if the relationship ends that can be a serious threat to your well-being but also to um, your social circle to your future so that's really something to watch out for the second thing which I previously alluded to is that element of emotional vulnerability as much as the sexual contact with a narcissist might be temporary and it might be um, for the duration of the relationship, so even if the relationship ends, what actually happens, because there is so much vulnerability that occurs during sex, is that it really affects how it is that you feel about yourself and how it is that you perceive yourself, how it is that you view yourself, how worthy you feel. And so some of the aftermath effects that you might experience is that you end up, uh, let's say beyond the relationship, if the relationship ends, you might end up having a lot of sexual contact and being very sexually promiscuous. So you are actually engaging in sexual acts that are pretty dangerous. You're having lots of one night stands with people who you don't know. You're putting yourself at risk. And also, actually, this isn't really aligned to your values. This isn't really something that you yourself truly feel comfortable with, but it's almost like you've become programmed to behave in this way because this is what you believe that is the norm and this is how it is that you might get other people to love you. So what happens within that relationship with a narcissist is that you risk learning and associating that sex and having a lot of sex that being one of the most important, if not the most important things within a relationship or the most important way of getting somebody to like you. And so you may end up in future relationships almost being programmed to have this ultra high sex drive with other people, having a lot of sexual contact like I said, putting yourself in risky situations simply so that you can get that person to like you or to feel validated, to feel good enough, to feel worthy of a relationship, whatever the context of that relationship might be. And so 
that can really put you at risk because you never get the opportunity of learning that actually you are perfectly great. You are perfectly perfect just the way that you are and you are not needing to have all of the sexual contact. You're not needing to really put yourself out there in really vulnerable and risky situations when you really don't want to in order to be loved. And so that's something really to unpick so that when you go into future relationships that actually you can really experience that you are loved and you are worthy beyond sex and that that's actually not the only thing that makes you lovable, that makes you worthy within a relationship. The other thing as well to watch out for is that sense of working harder and changing yourself. So again, linking back to that emotional vulnerability, what happens is that you may end up risking believing that you are not good enough and that you're not good enough in a few different domains, few different ways. And so you try to change yourself in order to better yourself. So what do I mean by that? Well, like I mentioned before, I've had people, clients of mine who have undergone cosmetic procedures so they can please their partner so that they can feel good enough to their partner. But actually, even when they did undergo those cosmetic procedures, their partner still criticized them. Their partner still didn't validate them, still didn't think that they were good enough. They may have been good enough. They may have had some level of validation for a day, a couple of days, a week, but that's not enough. Like, that is ridiculous. And if you want to hear my professional and my personal bias is that that is fucking bullshit. Like, it just, it, it, it personally, it really infuriates me. Because the thing is, when it comes to a relationship with a narcissist, it doesn't matter what you do, because you are never going to feel good enough. And you're never going to be seen as being good enough in their eyes. You can work harder and harder, you can change yourself, you can do whatever it is that you want to do in order to please them. But sadly, the truth is, is that the goalpost forever changes. And that's because they are struggling with their own stuff, but they can't really realize it. They can't really recognize it and they're not able to process their own stuff. They're not able to process that actually they project these unrealistic standards of value, of worth, of what is good enough. And so you end up suffering the consequences of it, forever trying to perfect yourself. But the reality is, is that you're never going to get there because they will never allow you to get there. (sighs) And so on that note... How could you not feel anxious when it comes to sexual intimacy with somebody who is experiencing narcissistic traits, who expresses those traits? Because actually it's something that would be within the relationship as a whole, but also it gets amplified a lot more when it comes to sexual contact. And that is perhaps because when you are having sex with somebody, that is when you are most vulnerable, but also that's when you are most exposed. And so when you're most exposed and you're most vulnerable, that is the window of where your flaws may be. But actually, it's where the flaws of the narcissist may be. But again, it just gets projected onto you. 
So as final closing comments, I really, really do urge you to simply take a step back and whether it be through you practicing your own self-reflective practice, maybe you keep a journal, maybe you have a diary or you want to speak to friends, family members or speak to a professional about this, but I really urge you to take a step back and really consider what do I actually want in a relationship as a whole? What is most meaningful for me? But also what is most meaningful for me in terms of recognizing my worth, recognizing my truth? And so they may be things like being respected, having boundaries, having good communication, feeling loved, feeling cared for, having attention, having time together. Sexual contact may also be important and then it would be a question of what would be important to me during sex? What would be most meaningful for me in a way of connection? What would be most important for me in terms of having consent? But also knowing where your boundaries are when it comes to things like consent, sexual acts and what it is that you're willing to do. And above all, I really urge you to keep yourself safe regardless of the situation, to keep yourself safe from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, and really make the effort to protecting yourself and ensuring your well-being. Because remember, the greatest relationship you will ever have is the one with yourself. And so if you found this podcast episode interesting, I would absolutely love to hear from you. So please feel free to get in touch. My Instagram handle is heal.toxic.relationships or you can find me on my website at healtoxicrelationships.com. And until next time, take care of yourself.